Hi everyone, my name is Efi, and on today's final episode of Passing Through, I'm going to be co-hosting with my sister, and she's going to be answering all the questions that were submitted for this final episode. We really hope you guys enjoy episode 7 of Passing Through, the podcast. What made you want to start this podcast? I started this podcast because I felt like it would bring stories that I wanted to tell full circle and also add another layer of storytelling to the photography that I do. Um, Photography is wonderful. Pictures are worth a thousand words, but in my life and in my experience, words have really been the things that have changed my life, whether they've been written or I've been listening to them on audio, like I have been since I was in fourth grade driving to school with my dad. He would always play audiobooks, and the words of these authors, of these speakers, are forever ingrained in my mind. So I also wanted to give a voice to parts of ourselves that we often hide, you know, like IG, for example, just using that platform as an example, is one where you showcase highlights. And I, I mean, it's difficult to showcase lowlights in real time. You know, even if I post a picture of myself crying with a deep caption, yeah, it may affect people and then they keep scrolling and you might, you know, see a goat doing a handstand or something. So I think (laughs) the deliberate act of sitting down and listening to a story is something that I've always loved and is, is something where you can really reveal parts of yourself that you might not often reveal on, you know, these social platforms nowadays. So those are some of the main reasons why I started. Do any of the guys know that they're the characters in the podcast? So girl, listen. (laughs) That was one of my hangups, actually, in doing this and creating this, at least for season one, because season one really revolves around relationship with others and how that affects relationship with self. So I don't know if they've listened to it or not. And I'm sure if they did, they'd actually know that they were the characters in season one. But I haven't gotten any text, so... Did it take time to learn these lessons, or was it more like an epiphany? It 1,500% took time to learn these lessons. (laughs) I think we can all say you've heard something, no matter how profound it is, time and place has a huge part to play in the impact of a lesson or the impact of a message. My eureka moments and epiphanies have been few and far between. It's taken me time to digest these words and be able to apply the lessons in my life. How do you manage to retain so much from your trips, like the dialogue and what you learned? Do you simply journal while you're out there? A lot of the dialogue is captured through journaling, especially when I first started traveling. I got used to writing down things that I liked that people said are profound things. And... When I was younger, my dad used to drill us after listening to audiobooks as to pick three things that we liked or three things that were impactful that we heard, and we'd have to regurgitate them (laughs) verbatim. So that's also helped in my recollection of words. Evernote now saves my life on trips as well as the audio recording app. During conversations, of course, it's always nice to preface, hey, can I record this? Or right after you've heard something, really jot it down in your phone. It's even easier now. This next question is interesting. How do you know when you're settling? Is there a such thing or can a girl have it all? I like to repeat the phrase, you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything you want. I'm a firm believer that everybody 
cannot have everything you want, but if you set your sights on a definite chief aim, as Napoleon Hill says, you can have anything you want. I, I think that you know when you're settling in relationships, in jobs, in whatever, intuitively. You have a visceral feeling of this is not where I'm supposed to be. Just like in the Costa Rica episode, I felt that way with Justin of I'm not supposed to be here and I'm wasting your time and in turn wasting my own. Those things come to you naturally if you're willing to open your third eye, as they say, and trust your gut. I absolutely love these questions. The next one is particularly my favorite. Sis, you the bomb. What episodes were the hardest to make and why? The most difficult episode by far to write and record was London. One, because I had not experienced that level of heartbreak in quite some time in years. Two, to dig up the email threads and photos and really jog my memory was quite an arduous process. And then when I got in the recording booth, it was a whole different story because I had to summon that part of myself and in a way forgive that part of myself to tell this story. Next question is a question I wonder, even as her sister, how do you find so much self-love when you feel so much self-doubt? This is a great question, and it took me a while to understand that the presence of self-doubt doesn't mean the absence of self-love. I think as human beings, we always have doubts about things regarding ourselves. We're we're our own biggest critics. Real self-love is understanding that there will be doubts. There will be extreme times of uncertainty, but still showing up for yourself and pushing through that. Tell us about the process of birthing this podcast. So often I have ideas, then imposter syndrome gets in the way. Who am I to do this? What if it's not perfect? Bullshit comes in the way. How did you get over that hurdle? My process for birthing this podcast is really rooted in the love of storytelling. It's something that I've always been captivated with, and I was searching for a different outlet to tell stories, not only visually, but with voice as well. Funny enough, a Squarespace and Gimlet competition was searching for the next great podcast host. I applied, got shot down, and had to kind of rework the idea, which forced me to stop and think why I wanted to do this in the first place. Imposter syndrome definitely kind of crept in during that time period of rejection and am I still going to put this out? But I kept my counsel very, very small. And I think that is key to avoiding imposter syndrome because fear of the scrutiny of other people is real. You're going to put something out and it's scary. It takes a lot of courage to create and then put your artwork out there, no matter what the response. But at the end of the day, if you have good people around you and you fundamentally understand that nobody can tell your stories better than you, the fear dissipates. Remember that progress and perfection can't share the same seat. So if you're going to get better, you have to start. And at the end of the day, people really don't think about you or your work that much at all, as depressing as that might sound. (laughs) People consume it and then they move on with their day. You're only doing yourself a disservice by thinking too much about what other people think. You've talked about finding yourself while single. What advice would you give for how to stay yourself in a relationship? I'm in the healthiest relationship that I've ever been in, and this is something I've been thinking about since listening to your podcast. How do you stay you without losing yourself in a happy, healthy relationship? This is an excellent question, and you can 100% stay yourself in a happy, healthy relationship especially if you're in a partnership where you feel like you can express yourself and also communicate your wants and needs effectively. 
When you start on the journey to introspection, it doesn't stop when you get into a relationship. To quote Maria Popov, seek out things that magnify your spirit. Find them, hold on to them, and visit them often. Use them not only as a remedy once spiritual malice has already affected your vitality, but as a vaccine administered while you are healthy to protect your radiance. I feel like that is a perfect answer to staying yourself in a healthy, happy relationship, is still to seek out things that magnify your spirit and to never stop. The next question starts, hi, Naked J, love your work and this podcast. A question for next week's episode, aka this week, are you or have you ever been on dating apps? And if so, how have you navigated the digital dating world? And what are your thoughts on it? Has it worked for you? (laughs) Have dating apps worked for me? Well, I was on Tinder like years ago, randomly in Miami for like a night. And no, it did not work. I got like four IG friends off of it and that was it. But the dudes were surprisingly cool to chat with. Never met up with any of them. So I can't say if dating apps, dating IG is like the new dating app. Facebook is the new dating app now. So nobody's ever shot their shot successfully in the DMs. You know, real life has worked for me, friends of friends. But I can't say I don't. I don't diss dating apps. I know that they've worked out for a lot of people around me. So, hey, girl, give it a try. Shoot your shot all 2018. The next question is, I am 23 years old, and after suffering from a nervous breakdown and a long battle with depression, I decided to pick myself up and go on some solo trips. I'm going to France, Kuwait, and Dubai, and people keep telling me to be careful. At first, I was excited, but now I'm a little worried. What are your tips for young Black women traveling on their own? how to prepare, and how to overcome fears of if I will be able to overcome any issues that may arise. First off, hats off to you, my dear, for taking this leap of faith and going out to see the world on your own terms. That, in and of itself, is such an act of bravery. My tips for young Black women who are traveling solo is do the Googles to the T before leaving meaning where you're going to stay, who's going to be your transfer, unless you're super adventurous. But for me, the first time I was traveling solo, I really created a pretty detailed itinerary for myself. So just in case I wanted any wiggle room because it was me, I could give it to myself. I didn't have to do those things, but I knew where I was staying. I knew who was going to pick me up or if I was driving myself. I stayed in pretty densely populated areas or cities when I started out. So I wasn't in the middle of nowhere cooking noodles with my om now in the Cambodian rice fields where nobody, I didn't have cell phone reception or Wi-Fi. These were all pretty easy to plan out trips. I read reviews. I did a lot of research prior to my first couple of solo trips. So that would really be my advice to you. You will be fine once you get there, as long as you plan it out. And if you're not a great planner, there are so many helpful resources now online And when you get there, do as the Romans do. Take time to explore. Take time to soak in the city. Get a feel for the people before you really, really get into the adventurous stuff. Okay. How has your journey of passing through shaped you as a woman? My journey of passing through all these places, people, experiences has really shaped who I am. It has provided me with the most valuable thing, the most powerful thing I think we all possess, which is perspective. 
And perspective comes from both good and bad situations, which is why with Passing Through the Podcast, I wanted to showcase the other side of the coin of human experience, not just a beautiful place, but what I'm actually going through mentally, spiritually, emotionally in these places, and the revelation and wisdom I've collected that I can apply to my own life. Shifting my perspectives have helped reshape my reality. One of the second to last questions is, when are we going to get a book? Trust me, I've been asking her the exact same thing for the past couple months now. Hopefully we can pressure her into one. You guys can definitely expect a book sooner than later and also some physical events to help a company passing through the podcast. I think it'd be great to actually meet all of you lovely ladies and gentlemen and sharing storytelling together. So look out for all of that good stuff in 2019. And the last question, I think this is a statement. Yeah, it's definitely a statement. Please don't make us wait a whole year for a new season like Game of Thrones. My heart can't take it. Girl, me and you both. Yeah, yeah, Ify. I don't know about you, but for the rest of the listeners, I will definitely not Game of Thrones, y'all. I'm currently writing episode one for season two. It's about to be epic. I won't say that. I won't jinx myself, actually. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool, just like season one. You'll be able to grab a glass of wine in fall 2018 and enjoy yourself listening to Passing Through Season 2. Okay, only a couple weeks away, y'all. Guys, y'all have been holding out two weeks for this episode. Thank you. This you'll, you'll find out why it's kind of been a whirlwind for me, but I appreciate every single one of you. Nonetheless, thank you for riding with me through this journey of season one of my very first podcast. Over this past month and a half, I've received an outpouring of love and messages and support. And it almost brings me to tears talking about it because putting something like this out into the universe, out into the ether is a very scary experience and you guys made it so sweet. I'm sorry I couldn't get to all of your messages, all of your emails, but I'll try my best over the next couple of weeks. So if you see something pop in your inbox and be like, yo, I sent this to this girl like five weeks ago, (laughs) forgive me. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so, so much for making this the most amazing experience I've had digitally thus far. I'll see you guys soon for season two.